0: Hi, and welcome to Kane's 5 Under 5 the top 5 most important news stories in cybersecurity for August 2023. Let's go. There were a lot of great cybersecurity studies released recently, and I've read or skimmed most of them. We'll have links in the show notes to all the studies I mention. Our first story, is the 2023 Global Chief Information Security Officer Survey from Hydric and Struggles, which has shown a continuous decline in the number of CISOs who report directly to the CEO. In 2021, 11% of CISOs had a direct reporting line to the CEO. That fell to 8% in 2022, and now is just 5% in 2023. By comparison, More than a third of CISOs report to CIOs, a reporting relationship that's fraught with potential problems around incentives. After all, if a CIO controls a CISO's budget, it's more likely to be oriented around technology than around business risk, and we've seen how poorly siloed approaches to risk have worked for the past couple decades. Similarly, we've also seen how CISOs who don't report to the CEO tend to build their security programs around compliance, not security, despite the fact that compliance does not equal security. The other substantial finding was that 40% of CISOs said that their company doesn't have a succession plan for their role, which is troubling given that over three quarters of the CISOs polled were considering changing jobs in the next three years. Our second story is about a recent study of directors and officers insurance pricing trends, which found that rates for DNO program renewals fell in 2022. This was particularly pronounced for mid and small cap businesses. This is important for CISOs because they're often not named on the DNO insurance policy and that's problematic because CISOs get left holding the bag and paying for their own attorneys out of pocket if they're named in a class action lawsuit, fined by the SEC, or otherwise have to deal with personal liabilities stemming from doing their jobs. Based on the earlier Heidrich and Struggles survey, over half of CISOs worldwide aren't listed on the d policy. So if you're not on the DNO at all, now's the time to use that reduced pricing as partial leverage. Our third story is about the continuing absence of CISOs in the Fortune 100. Only five Fortune 100 companies list a CISO on their company information page, though 37% list a chief marketing officer, 40% list a chief information officer, and 88% list a chief people officer or director of human resources. That's not to say that 95% of the Fortune 100 companies don't have a CISO. Just they might report to the CIO or they might not be on the DNO coverage. This means that the upcoming SEC disclosures in October are going to make for really interesting reading and some linguistic footwork to explain their rationale for not elevating a CISO to that public of a position. Speaking of the SEC, our fourth story is a report about cybersecurity in the boardroom. There's been some discussion about what it'll mean to be listed as a security expert as part of those. SEC disclosures. I'd say the best choice for the role won't be a purely technical expert, but rather someone who helps facilitate productive discussions and ask pivotal questions about the suitability of implemented controls, the organization's capability to defend against significant threats, and the fulfillment of compliance requirements. The report's authors also posit that security should be viewed as a complex and integrated organizational function, similar to engineering or sales, rather than a siloed approach. There's a theme here. Our final story is about the National Cybersecurity Strategy Implementation Plan. If you think you have a challenging cybersecurity roadmap, spare a thought for what it's going to take for the Office of the National Cyber Director to manage 65 initiatives that 18 government agencies will be pursuing, along with aligning funding proposals and providing annual updates to Congress. I do like that the plan's authors see this as a living document rather than as a destination. However, there's not enough industry-specific information in it yet for a truly meaningful public-private partnership. partnership. It's also unclear what will happen around liability for software defects. Many CISOs I've spoken with privately are okay with being responsible for the security of their product or solution, but get anxious about being held liable, saying that it'll drive up costs due to insurance and slower software development cycles. That's all for this month. Thanks for watching. Please like and subscribe to never miss any updates.